We want to have a lot of hygienists seeing patients for cleanings and x-rays. And it's basically, we re-engineer those times so the doctors aren't really focusing on restorative production. They're focusing on exams and taking care of patients and creating great experiences. And subsequently, there being diagnostics for treatment that needs to be done between eight to five, Monday through Friday. You're listening to the Dental Sherpas Podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair and into the life you want. Well, here we are again, Sad, another episode of the Dental Sherpas podcast. I hope you're doing well out there. Anything new in your world? Yeah, look at my uh, my beautiful logo. That's what's new in my world. See, I'm trying uh, to get legitimate here. There you go. There you <laughs> go. It actually resonate with the people who are actually viewing these things for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so for those just listening on the podcast and can't see, he's got the Dental Sherpas logo behind him, and we are moving up in the world, my friend. Oh, we're uh, sure trying. What started as just a conversation between two friends has turned into something as professional as having a logo uh, behind us here. So (laughs) we're the next Apple story, if you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, I thought today uh, we could help our listeners understand something that I've learned a lot from you on. And I remember hearing you talk about this, I don't know, five, six years ago, um, about how you do this in your practice. And um, it it really kind of stays on our theme of if you're going to climb out of the chair, if that's your mountain, right, getting to a place where dentistry becomes optional, then understanding how everything operates inside of your practice and how to measure what happens inside of your practice becomes very important. And it's almost, I mean, without doing that, it's just, it's just kind of dumb luck, right, Ted? And it's really volatile right? Because yes. things can really sneak up on you if you're not paying attention. Um, we, we did a podcast uh, around Christmas time about uh, growth versus profit. If you haven't listened to that, I think it's episode nine, please go back and listen to that because there's this tension between growth and profit and we need to constantly be measuring that. But measuring our KPIs are very important. And there's one thing that, that you measure that you know a lot of folks don't really measure, I don't believe, maybe a handful of folks that we know, but it really is this production per hour. So instead of just saying production per doctor or production per hygiene visit, you even want to kind of drill it down to look at production per hour. Talk about that a little bit, why you think that's important. Yeah, the reason that's important, especially when you're out of the chair and you're depending on other doctors to be the sole, I shouldn't say sole, but to be the collective productive force for the company and the practice, you need to really understand that you need to find a way of measuring their contribution to the practice. Because as you know, when you start looking at your practice, at least if you're doing it the correct way, you inherently know there's a lot of resources you're putting in place for them to actually become doctors in your practice. There's obviously you're paying staff, so you have salaries, you're you're paying the rent, you have the chairs, you have the supplies, you have all the facilities available for them to do the dentistry. And so you need to know what that expense number would be. And so what we have done to make sure that we're really predictable in terms of knowing the return of our doctors, we're tracking their production per hour. And so what we do is now we know by hour what they need to be doing to ensure ourselves that we're going in a profitable scenario. So I have found by looking at the numbers and basically re-engineering this, that we know that if our doctors are producing at minimum $500 an hour, we know that we're going to say at least a 15% profit. So that becomes inherently now our number that we want our doctors to be going for, not because we're trying to drive them toward money, but we know inherently that at $500 an hour, we know we're going to have the doctors going to do extremely well. We know the practice will be healthy. We know there will be money for, for bonuses. We know there will be money for growth. We know there will be money for future 
uh, salary uh, increases for, for people who are support staff. And so that becomes an important thing for us to track because now we know inherently which doctors are doing well and which doctors need our help and our support and coaching. Great. So let's break that down a little bit, right? You said sure. a couple of really, really good things. Sure. The first thing you have to do is, I heard you say, is you have to understand what it costs you per hour to, one, to run your practice. Exactly. Right? So exactly. When, when you guys are figuring that, how do you, I mean, obviously you have your fixed cost, right? right. You have your payroll, you have right. your uh, rent, you know, you right. have those kinds of things. But then do you also include things like marketing costs, mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of things? Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, it's very something. I, I certainly don't want people to go on too much into the weeds with this. We just try to look at like a typical P&L. Like a P&L will kind of show you what you're showing on expenses for the practice, right? And you'll inherently know overall what you're probably spending on that particular practice to kind of keep the lights on all the things we're talking about. So you're just trying to figure out, well, if that's our expenses, what do our doctors probably need to be doing to ensure ourselves that the doctors are going to get paid well, that we're able to cover the expenses, that we have enough on the overage for growth and also bonuses and all the things that we want to do to help provide rewards for our team. So is it a, is a simple way to start for our listeners out there, for our doctors right. out there, is a simple sure. way to start this, is it just taking the expenses listed on a, a P&L statement and mm-hmm. dividing it by number of hours open? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's, a, it's a real simple, easy way of doing it. I don't, again, you can kind of pull some strings in terms of the time of the day and prime time in the middle of the day where you don't have as much hygiene, but I would say the place to start is exactly that. Great. And then divide that by number of doctors you have scheduled. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Scheduled right. that day. Exactly. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. So if that number comes out to be, you know, $300 an hour to keep the thing open, and that's mm-hmm. where you're saying, you know, that, okay, well, if we can, you know, if our folks can produce $500 an hour, then we have profit, we mm-hmm. have uh, a way to grow the business, you know, we have mm-hmm. money to reinvest in marketing and expansion, those kinds of things. Exactly, exactly. So we've built into that now a really easy, recognizable number for our managers to track who then, in essence, are able to kind of look at those and see how we can get our doctors to that particular performance so that they know the practice will do pretty well as a benefit of that. Perfect. Okay, great. So it, it really is an average. Correct. Right. Because it's just like when we talked about in earlier episodes. And if you haven't heard the episode on what drives or what is the engine of your practice, it's really the same math there where we said that the average production per hygiene visit is Mm -hmm. X amount. Let's say it's $600 per hygiene visit. We know Mm -hmm. that that's an average number. Right. Mm -hmm. And the same is true here. Not every hour are they going to produce 500 because. Take just a second and talk a little bit about, um, unpack a little bit about what you just said in your model with the prime time hours and in the middle of the day and why your production per hour, if you were to go and look at that, you know, on an actual basis, it might be a little uh, different and maybe a little skewed number. Yeah, like one of the important things in my practice is that, and I've talked about other episodes and I'm happy to talk about it again, is that our hours are from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 5. Now, we consider primetime hours are hours that were really dedicated to our hygiene, meaning that we want doctors doing a lot of hygiene exams. We want to have a lot of hygienists seeing patients for cleanings and x-rays. And it's basically, we re-engineer those times so the doctors aren't really focusing on restorative production. They're focusing on exams and taking care of patients and creating great experiences. And subsequently, there being diagnostics for treatment that need to be done between 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. 
So we're looking at, to, to go to Matt's uh, discussion there, we're not really focusing on having highly productive doctors in the prime time, meaning on the restorative side, but we are looking at that number occurring from eight to five, Monday through Friday. And if you balance out the averages there, because they're still going to do a little bit of dentistry in those prime times, but if you average out, they may maybe do like $700 an hour between eight and five, but between the hours of, oh, let's say, you know, seven to nine, they're maybe at $300 or, or $350 at that time. Then it would all kind of balances out. So we know we're going to probably see it about 500 to 550 an hour throughout the entire time they're there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And just to reiterate, we have seen time and time again in nationwide surveys that patients increasingly, to use our friend John's uh, words, John Christensen <laughs> of Chris Ad, we were just talking about uh, uh, loving the way that he writes things, but increasingly they are unwilling to take off work middle of the day for their hygiene visits, but they will take off work for treatment that is scheduled or restorative care that's diagnosed by the doctor and and really um, set up by the staff, they'll come back for that. So what you're saying is, if you book in those days, the mornings and the evenings, that's all setting up the middle of the day work for the, in the future. And so those times in the middle of the day are gonna be more productive if you looked at them on a real hour by hour basis, Correct. right? That's Correct. where the money's gonna be generated, but it's mm -hmm. all set up by the uh, primetime hygiene visits, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the primetime hygiene visits, as to our point we're discussing here, is a point like we're not really trying to focus on our doctors being highly productive then. We are focusing on following the tracking what patients want, right? We know patients are going to be more available for cleanings in the prime time, which is after work, before work, or on the weekends. And so we, of course, want our doctors to be focused and available and, and for lack of a better term, customer-friendly during those exams and not focusing all the dental treatment that keeps them highly occupied and highly focused on. We want doctors engaged with patients for good exams, good customer service, great experiences. But we also know that same patient who basically can only come for cleanings in those prime times is very understanding and open to coming in the midweek between eight and five because they consider those things very important and are willing to take off time from work and school to accommodate that kind of a thing. Therefore, our doctors can do extremely well on the restorative side on that particular time rather than trying to plug it in everywhere throughout the entire schedule. Perfect. Good, good. I'm glad to hear you <clears throat> talk about, you know, that the way you use it is an average um, because I have been concerned in the past when we've talked about um, looking at production per hour that uh, especially in the model that we believe in and that, that we preach, so to speak, um, there's going to be hours that by design are not going to be as productive. Um, but knowing that average production per hour is very important. Um, tell us why it's very important. How do you use it? So once we back into it, right, we do the math, um, uh, simple math, <laughs> uh, no calculus here. Uh, but uh, once we back into that, then what do you do with that number? How do you use it? Well, we kind of look at those numbers. It's more of a management tool, right? We look at our numbers as helping my managers and my doctors assess how they are doing performance-wise. And more importantly, knowing which doctor may need a little help, which doctor is doing wonderful, and which doctor may be a superstar in the group, and how we can go about leveraging those strengths. So I use this analogy, and, I, and I, I'll give credit to uh, Justin Koch out of San Antonio. He's a phenomenal owner doctor in San Antonio who kind of showed me this exact uh, tool doing it. And it was a means of showing his team how to go about managing and more importantly, finding how to go about helping people to get to these great levels. So what we've done is we make these analogies being like $500 an hour. We looked at it as being kind of our doctors who are 
what we'll call, what's a great performing, you know, an economical car? Well, we chose Camry. You know, the Toyota Camry is one of those cars you can own for years and years and years, drives well, very predictable, good performance, but not too sexy, but we know that we can depend on that, right? And so that number, we're going to be pretty good there. And then we get to the numbers of about, you know, upwards over, let's say like $750 an hour. Then we think of those particular people, we call those the, the Teslas, right? You know, not using a lot of resources or actually maybe getting to the point where they're using resources, but their return on performance is, is, is excellent. They're far and beyond, and they're providing the practice and themselves a great profit, but more importantly, great growth. And also, if they're doing great, typically, they're obviously seeing more patients. And so we know for a fact that's a high-performing individual. And then if we see that $1,000 now, the rarefied air, and there's doctors out there who, by the way, do that, we call those the Ferraris. I mean, the, re the reality is that when you get to that level, I mean, they get all the resources they need because they're actually at a point where they're doing so great for the practice, so great for the patients, and they become someone that the practice really leans on and becomes, for lack of a better term, I, I would call it not so much dependent on, but actually trying to put that, position, that patient, I'm sorry, that person in the positions to get them to do even better for themselves. And on the other side of that coin, we look at the numbers that are below what we like to see, right? We start to see, for example, we try in our practice to make sure that all the doctors are given a fair shake, meaning they're going to get a similar amount of exams, a similar amount of support, a similar amount of, uh, of staff to, to do what they got to do to get to their job right. And so we kind of make that very fair and equitable for all of them. However, if we start to see doctors who are producing maybe, let's say, $300 an hour or maybe $350 an hour, those who just aren't quite getting the numbers that we know are going to help the practice help the patient and help our team, we kind of call those the Humvees, right? We all know what the Humvees are. They're these big, you know, gas guzzling kind of, they're taking a lot of resources to kind of do their job. And so we inherently know that that's something that we want to help fix and coach so that we can help identify those who do need to get the help and, and, and support so we can get them into that $500 an hour, become a Camry, and then subsequently hopefully get them better and better and better throughout the actual performance of their lifetime. Gotcha. And so then when you're uh, with that, that's, I love that analogy. And I've heard you talk about that. I've heard Justin talk about that. <clears throat> and Justin's at seven to seven dentistry in um, uh, San Antonio, five locations. I think they have now. I think we got six now, six, six locations yeah. now, yeah, six locations. Great. So they're, they're doing really great. And he's a great uh, thinker and manager. Um, so I love that analogy. It's not just about what you're producing. It's also about what resources you're using in order to get to that production number. Um, and so that's a good way to, to use that. Then once you kind of get to that number and you've kind of analyzed this and laid it out, walk me through, do you show that to your associate doctors when you're sitting down with them? Absolutely. So we have every day in my practice, there is a way in a Google drive uh, spreadsheet, they see exactly the numbers I'm talking about. Everything from treatment acceptance to treatment uh, production per hour to average production per exam. They have all those numbers in front of them. So they're able to kind of literally see what areas of the opportunities they have. So everything is transparent for them. So we don't use it as a, as a shaming vehicle or as a means to kind of pit them against each other. It's just a means to give each one of those doctors a dashboard of their own vehicle, so to speak. Right. Immediate feedback. Correct. So they can know how they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then also even places where they might get asked for help as well, right? To say, Absolutely. hey. And it, goes, and it goes to my management thing. I talked about this in several different episodes that it's taken me away from being a numbers guy. Okay, and I walk in and I coach these guys. I don't have to talk about that stuff. It's already been out there. They already know that information. It's not my job to walk them through the numbers and performance. My job is to simply ask them, well, how can I help you? Is there anything that you're seeing that you've identified as being somewhat of a shortcoming you want me to help you with? And they just, I, they lead me, or I, for lack of a better term, I'm suddenly leading them 
but they actually know their numbers already. So I'm able to help them on their terms, not mine anymore. Gotcha. What's, I'm just curious in that Google drive, do they see only their numbers or do they see the other doctor's numbers as well? They are able to see other doctors' numbers as well. And okay. it's done as a vehicle to inspire them, right? Good. It's done in a means that they see that and go, and this is what's really happened as a collateral benefit. They will then go to the doctor who's doing great and ask them, well, how are you doing that? What's happening? How are you going about getting yourself to this performance? And it takes me out of the equation from having to basically be on every guy's shoulder to show right. them how to do it themselves. Right, right. You know, we did uh, uh, title an episode key performance indicators, the ultimate leadership tool. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't heard that, please go back and, and listen to that. And it sounds like this is used in that exact same fashion that we discussed there. These are just, not only is it numbers that help you, you know, drive the practice, but it is the leadership tool. It, it, mm -hmm. it allows you to add, um, uh, add that piece that moves you from just clinical skills into kind of skills of the mind and the heart, right? To rally people around and help them really perform better. And you can really say to people and to your associates, Hey, listen, I want you to perform there. Uh, and we want to give you everything that you can get, um, everything that we can for, so that you can perform at the highest level. Right. Absolutely. And that's exactly it. I think that's the one thing that I thought in the beginning would be kind of a detriment by showing them how they affect their performance based on their, their use of the resources. But this has actually been kind of an epiphany for many of them, like realizing, oh, okay, I see that I'm, I'm using quite a bit. And if I'm providing this particular return on my performance, wow, the practice wins, I win. And more importantly, it isn't as if like a scenario where I'm having to make up the fact that, oh, you're not doing well, you're not covering your expenses. They see all that stuff now. So it provides them a certain level of, I guess, the way I like it, it gives them the respect they need without providing them a certain level of me micromanaging that behavior anymore. Well, and it also sounds like too, said it pulls the curtain back a little bit and allows them to get a view of being an owner, right? right. Because they're getting to look at the numbers that you're looking at and, you know, you're able to kind of say, hey, look, we're not, you know, in this just to try to improve our profit margin. We're happy with this profit, but we need yeah. you to kind of be at this point so that you can get paid, so the patients mm -hmm. can be taken care of, owners can get compensated, you know, all of that. That's all transparent. Right, exactly. And that's kind of the idea. I want them to feel that they're a part of the business rather than just kind of this independent contractor type or someone who just comes in and just kind of does dentistry. They, I think it's good because they're asking those questions anyhow. I might as well just put it out there in a, in a means that's easy for them to digest the information without getting confused about it. Perfect. So let's get practical. Let's say you have a doctor that is underperforming um, mm -hmm. based on that per hour. Is there any practical tools that you use or areas that you go to to help them uh, get to that $500? It sounds like that $500 per hour is kind of the, hey, let's get you there first. Right. And then we can kind of move on to phase two, phase three to get you performing better. What are some practical tools? Well, the practical tools, I usually focus on three items. Number one is treatment acceptance. Number two is time management. Number three is leadership. And it could be depending on the individual, it could be any mm -hmm. order there. So oftentimes I see those who are kind of having an opportunity there. Oftentimes a lot of it stems from leadership. So I usually kind of start there, but depending on what the individual and I'll just kind of find out and ask them, like, what's happening in their day? How are they, are they finding their team and them are working well together? Are they finding that the patients are, are being, help, for lack of a better term, inspired or for that matter, uh, cooperative with the treatment plan? So, so we'll kind of figure out what they're saying. So then I'll discuss a lot of communication with them. I'll, we'll use the time to discuss how are they communicating the treatment plans? Are they doing the things that we talk about of, of using empathy? Are they using simplicity? Are they using urgency when they're talking to patients? So I'll start there. 
And then oftentimes I'll look at like, you know, the, the time management, like are, are they doing a crown prep? Is it taking them for lack of a better term, two hours or, or maybe longer depending on their treatment time? And how are there some efficiencies that we can build into their clinical ability so they can get a little bit more comfortable and confident? And then, the, and then I also talk about the treatment planning. I mean, a lot of times what these guys will do is their belief is they're going to be seeing all this treatment on this patient who walks in and they tend to overwhelm people. So they're like, you know, they use a proverbial baseball analogy. They're swinging for the fences. And yeah. all that does, it simply disheartens the patient. It alienates the patient from that particular doctor. And that doctor ends up having a very low treatment acceptance. So I usually find within those three contexts is that where you can start, you can help these guys. And I, everyone's obviously an individual and got certain needs, but I find those three things resonate pretty well when I find someone in a lower performance rate. Uh, that's great stuff. You know, very practical, the treatment planning, you know, those things are very practical, but I also want to hone in too and just reiterate what you said about the leadership of their specific team. Um, a lot of this comes down to that, right? Um, I have seen uh, over the years that the, the associate doctors that produce the best are those who are the most agreeable and work the best with the staff and the team because mm -hmm. the staff and the team then starts to really bend over backwards to help them to make yeah. sure that they are set up well. Um, and so, you know, it kind of all goes back to uh, what kindergarten, right? How, how well do you play with others uh, in the sandbox, right? <laughs> and I can't tell my doctors this. I said, if you spent just half amount, not even like half, maybe just a tiny amount of the time you put toward focusing on the dentistry, which is incredibly important, but just on communication and a little bit on leadership, man, the exponential rate of growth in your success will just go through the roof. I'm always trying to impart that with these guys. And I think once they understand that, that's when we start seeing those guys doing a lot better. You know, it's interesting. I'm, uh, it, it makes total sense, right? The dentists, they come out of school, you guys get into the mouth, so to speak, you start working. And it, it, it's something that we talk about a lot. It's something that I talk about a lot, doubling down on the skills early in the treatment. I mean, excuse me, early in your career is where you kind of have to go. And that's just how you're taught, right? Is to just get better skills and you will produce more uh, with more skills. But what we see all of the time is that at some point, there's a diminishing returns on just focusing on those skills and not focusing on transitioning into a leader. So I find that's really, really important. So I said, I'm glad that you, uh, that you brought those things up. Very, very important. Well, I think this has been a great episode, uh, improving production per hour, measuring production per hour, another KPI that becomes an ultimate leadership tool. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll be back soon. I want to point you towards our website, which is dentalsherpaspod.com, dentalsherpaspod.com. You can interact with us there. We've got some announcements, uh, some things that we'll be doing uh, coming up soon. So uh, until then, hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great time producing dentistry and leading your team and moving towards getting out of the chair.